This is Orson Welles on the Air, featuring the old-time radio performances of the legendary Orson Welles. Welcome back to Orson Welles on the Air. Thanks for joining me once again. We'll hear from the Silver Theater this time. CBS series that aired from 1937 to 1947. Our story today is titled One Step Ahead. This one first aired March 30th, 1941. International Silver Company presents the Silver Theater. Starring Orson Welles in One Step Ahead, directed by Conrad Nagel. Brought to you this week in behalf of International Sterling, world-famous solid silver. We present the 26th program in our current Silver Theater series, and here, ladies and gentlemen, with a word for you is our director, Conrad Nagel. Thank you, Henry Charles, and to you and our audience, welcome once again to Silver Theater. Today we feel is one of the real high spots in our fourth Silver Theater season. Our star is Orson Welles, who's undoubtedly the most talked-of young man in the entertainment world today. Not only has he contributed to radio some of its most startling and original moments, but he's been a tremendous stimulation to the legitimate stage. And more recently, he's added further to his laurels by preparing for the screen Citizen Kane, which many of our Hollywood critics are acclaiming as a milestone in motion picture production. Silver Theater is proud to be able to make the most of his appearance on our stage with a play that's truly unusual. It's an original by John Latouche, who is best known for the splendid lyrics of the epic song, Ballad for Americans. Our performance will go on in just a moment. But now, before the curtain goes up, we'd like you to share the experience about which a young wife is writing to a girlhood friend. She's well along in her letter, but she just stopped for a moment to read over this last paragraph. Remember, Peggy, when you and I were very little, what tremendous plans we had for the future? I remember I was going to live in a real castle someday, and everything around me would be made of real gold and silver. Well, here we are, Jim and I, in our own little home at last. And you'd never mistake it for a castle, I'm afraid. But we do have one real treasure. That's our international sterling silver. Jim and I were both definite about sterling, because we think it's mighty important that it's our lovely sterling more than anything else that gives character to our home. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, genuine solid silver does lend dignity and background to even the simplest home, particularly when your sterling is made by the world's foremost silver house, International. For that name, International, is the same that appears on pieces exhibited in museums. It means that your pattern was designed by silversmiths whose craft traditions are more than a century old. So if you are a bride-to-be or a wife about to choose new silver... Don't miss seeing the beautiful and distinguished patterns of international sterling. The house lights dim, the silver curtain rises, and here is One Step Ahead, starring Orson Welles as Timothy Wheeler, with Lorreen Tuttle as Alice, and Mary Shipp as Stella. A man is walking alone along a city street. Tim Wheeler, age 41. That's me. Profession, businessman. Or should I say ex-businessman? <laughs> ex-businessman. The man walks on, relentless, grim, oblivious of all about him. 
on through the man-made canyons of the city, moving now in sunlight, now in shadow, as the sun of the fading day sinks lower in the western sky. And in this man, despite the calm upon his face, is turbulence and strangeness and dark turmoil. Here I am, walking along a city street, with death inside me. Twenty minutes, I'll be home. Funny I should still call it that. And I'll be home. And she'll be there. Alice. Sweet Alice. Laughing at me as she's always laughed. Twenty minutes, I'll be home. Twenty minutes. Hey, mister, how's about a handout? I ain't eaten since yesterday. All right, buddy, keep your dough. And I hope you choke, you lousy cheapskate. A street beggar asking me for help. Me. What could I have told him? That I'm even more of a failure than he is? What's the use? He wouldn't have believed or understood. Failure. Could I have believed that myself until this morning when it happened? It was so quick. So final. And so sure. As usual, at half past nine, I got to work half an hour later than the others since I'm head of the department. Through the outer office, I walk past the row of girls bent over their machines. They usually smile at me as I pass and say, Good morning, Mr. Wheeler. But this morning, they didn't smile, any of them. I wondered why. Then Charlie came toward me, the office boy. He said the old man wanted to see me. The old man, J.B., the president, general manager. He wanted to see me. I hurried to his office. Come in. Morning, J.B. Oh, oh, Wheeler. Yes, the office boy said... Well, Wheeler, I'll get this over with quickly. That'll make it easier for both of us. Go through. Through? You mean... I'm fired? Why? I have my reasons. Well, then what are they? I've been with this firm for 20 years. It's, it's all I know. You can't fire me without a reason. All right, Wheeler, I'll be frank. The trouble is, you're no longer fitted for your job. You've gotten stodgy, Stodgy? So... Yes. Take that Bakersford matter last week. We could have had that account if you hadn't been so slow getting out an estimate. Won't do, Wheeler. Things move fast nowadays. We need a man who can travel along with them. Maybe I have been a little conservative, but it seems wise to me to look at every angle of an idea before you make a decision on it. In fact... Well, Wheeler, you know that I hired you in the first place 20 years ago because your wife is the daughter of my best friend. You mean that Alice asked you to give me the job? Of course. I suppose that you knew that. No, I didn't know. And, of course, it's not my business to pry into employees' private lives, but you treated that girl mighty shabbily. And if any man needed to hold on to a wife like Alice, you did. What happened between you two, anyway? I'm not sure I could explain. But you'd understand if I did. No, neither am I. No, as a matter of fact, Alice and I were talking about you the other night at her father's house. I think she hit the nail on the head. You should have been in some other business in the first place. Alice said that, did she? Yes, and she was right. We need speed here, Wheeler. You've never had speed. So Alice said I should have been in some other business? Yes, she did. In other words, it was really my wife who fired me. She put the idea into your head. I make my own decisions. You're discharged for incompetence. Get your check and leave. Huh. <laughs> What's the matter with you? Why do you look like that? Now, look, don't think I've enjoyed having to do this. Don't worry, J.B., I'm going. You won't be troubled further with my incompetence. <laughs> Check, Tim? Sure, here you are. Here, sign the voucher, will you? Why not? Gosh, Tim, I'm sorry. I mean, I wish there was something... Tim! Tim! What use was there in trying to answer him? I started back through the outer office again toward the street. The girls still bent over their machines, but 
seeing me just the same. I could feel the things that they were thinking about me. He's going out. He's fired. Too slow. He couldn't keep one step ahead. Too slow. He's fired. He's going out. Fired. He's going out. He's fired. He's fired. He's fired. He's fired. He's fired. definite as that. It was six hours ago I came out that door, and I've been walking ever since. Walking, walking and thinking, trying to pierce through the veil of years to see things clear. Now I do. I do. Fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes, and I'll be home. And you'll be laughing. Laughing because you knew before I did what was going to happen to me this morning. It's always been like that, even from the first... Hasn't it, Alice? It was that day so long ago when I'd at last realized I loved you. That glorious, carefree summer day. <sighs> Shall we rest here, Timmy? I was just going to suggest it. Here, I'll help you down. Take my hand. <sighs> you know, I do have to be careful. I have a funny heart, the doctor says. It doesn't do to strain it. I hope all this hiking hasn't been too much for you. No, of course not, Timmy. I'm all right. So glorious up here. Oh, it is. Look at the sunlight on the river. Water flashes just like dust. Alice. Yes, Timmy, darling. Alice, I've been thinking things over. Yes, Timmy, what things? Well, it's hard to... You mean you've been thinking about you and me? Yes. And after considering carefully, I... Hold my hand. Now, what is it you're trying to say? Well, I thought, that is, after looking over my prospects and, and... Oh, Alice. Timmy, are you trying to ask me to marry you? Yes. How did you know? Oh, it's been written all over you, silly. I've known you were going to for days and days. You have? I've just been waiting for you to say it. But I was beginning to think you'd never get around to it. Then you will? Of course I will. I've already picked out my trousseau, and I found the cutest little church. I do want to be a June bride, you know, so I thought I'd be prepared when you finally did make up your mind to ask me. <laughs> you silly, darling, slowpoke. <laughs> You laughed. You laughed, and I thought there was music in your laughter then, so I laughed too. Dear Alice, that was the beginning of your being ahead of me. The hare and turtle race of your quick mind. My slow one. Never could hit a rhythm between us, could we? Time is money, Tim. But haste makes waste. He who hesitates is lost. You've got to hurry. A person ought to look before he leaves. Strike while the iron is hot, Slowpoke. Keep moving. You'll be left behind. Yes, but in spite of that, we were happy at first. You were full of plans, Alice. Plans that somehow always managed to be one step ahead of my own. For instance, when I was out of a job just after we were married and I considered going into a different kind of work, running a bookstore, I'd always been fond of books, but you were opposed... You said I was the kind of man who had to work for someone else, and that with your helping me, I'd succeed. So one day, I came to you. And you've decided to me, darling? Yes, Alice, I guess you're right. I'd better stick to the kind of work I've done, regardless of what I'd like to do. Besides, this means surer income for us. I'll call J.B. McKenna in the morning and tell him I'll take that job. I don't think you'll need to bother, Tim. What do you mean? Well, it just happened that I saw J.B. myself this afternoon at Father's house. I told him you'd report for work on Monday morning. You told him this afternoon? How? I, I didn't know myself by then. Mm, oh, but I did, Tim. You forget, darling, that little Alice knows her Tim better than he knows himself. And she always will. <laughs> <laughs> Alice. 
went to work all right that following Monday, 20 years ago. <laughs> and now, 12 minutes. 12 minutes, I'll be home. Alice, sweet Alice. <laughs> yes, you built me up in the business, but you began to wear me down as a human being. That was the time we were looking for a new house, just after I'd been promoted to sales manager. This is the last house on our list. What do you think? Oh, don't look so cross, Timmy. I'm not cross, dear. I'm just tired of looking at houses over and over and over again. Well, if you'd make up your mind and not take so much time about it. Well, see what's wrong with our old house. Oh, haven't we been all over that? You have to live up to your position, Timmy. Besides, remember my heart position. You know the doctor said I was to get lots of sun and air and quiet surroundings. You do that where we are. What you really need is just to relax a little, Alice, and quit driving yourself all the time. <laughs> You'd like me to slow down and vegetate just like you, wouldn't you? Oh, I don't mean to hurt my darling's feelings, but he just mustn't be an old stick in the mud. Now, about the houses. Oh, we've seen so many, it's hard to decide You'd exactly. You'd have to decide, Tim. And after all, this one is a good investment. I've looked into that carefully. Really? Well, of course, the view from this house is good. In fact, I think I prefer this one to the other. It's got more space. Yeah, definitely. I'll take this home. We'll be happy here, Tim. We'll start all over again and recapture that first magic we knew. Will we, Alice? Of course, dear. You know, I'm such a fool. I get the idea sometimes that, well, you got a way of making me feel sort of dumb and awkward, as if you knew what I was about to do next Going me one better. Makes me lose confidence in myself. Silly. I'm just a helpless little half-invalid. You're so much stronger and cleverer. I'm not kidding myself about that, but... As you say, we'll start all over again in this new house. And... By the way, I'll have to tell the agent we want it. No, you won't, Tim. What? The people who owned it wanted to sell it quickly, so I put down the deposit right away and got them to reduce the price $500. Aren't you proud of me? You mean you already... Already arranged it? I had to, darling. They might have changed their mind. How did you know I'd choose this place? You did, didn't you? Yes, but Well, then still... there's no harm done. Well, I was sure you'd pick this one the minute I looked at it. I can read you like a book, Timmy. Just like a book. <laughs> Just like a book. Our whole life was like that. A book. But you'd always read the chapter just ahead. First, that delighted me. I was proud to have such a quick, intelligent wife. But as time went out, I'm stopping to buy no papers. I'm stopping for nothing. I'm going home. Ten minutes now. Yes, ten minutes. Ten minutes, Alice. That too, and I knew it, and it upset me. I'd never been too sure of myself, and what confidence I did have began to ooze away. I got so I hated to go home at night, and I was lonely. There seemed to be nothing to live for, and then... Stella. Please, Mr. Wheeler, you mustn't stay over time just to help me. I'll get my work done somehow. Yes. Then it was that I met Stella. There's nothing unusual about her, just a simple little yellow-haired girl who worked in the shipping department, but Stella loved me with a kind of love I'd never even dreamed of. Stella didn't think I was slow and befuddled. Oh, she looked up to me, thought I was witty and wonderful. There were those days when we had tea together, 
<laughs> oh, Jim, that's wonderful. I wish I could remember stories the way you tell them to me. But, Stella, that's such an old story. Well, I never heard it. Thin stories always just go in one ear and out the other with me. <laughs> I love your laugh, Stella. So warm and full of joy. And so different somehow. Different? I guess I laugh just like anyone else. No, you don't. I do have fun with you, Tim. I'm not sure exactly why. Maybe it's because you're so calm and so understanding. You like that, do you? For a man to be calm and quiet? Not always rushing to be ahead of the other fellow? Oh, of course I do. You know, Tim, I feel that deep inside yourself you have the real secret of living. Sometimes you seem to forget that you know the secret. Stella. Stella, darling. Tim. Stella, listen to me. You and I... No, no, Tim. You mustn't say it. You're... You're married, Tim. That's right. I'm married. We can't forget that, can we? Either of us. Yes, I was married to you, Alice, and being the kind of man I was, I did my best to stick to my vows. I never let you guess from my actions what was in my heart. When you looked at me with that amused, half-pitying look of yours, I drew a mask across my face, hiding the thoughts underneath. Then one day you stopped in to see me at the office. Hello there, Tim, darling. Hello, Alice. What are you doing in town? Well, I talked to Mother on the phone a while ago, and she wants me to come down to visit her in Baltimore for the weekend. You know how worried she is about my heart condition. It's not worse. No, but you know Mother. She's got some super specialist she thinks will help. You don't want to come, do you? Naturally, if you want me to. Oh, I'll... don't be dutiful, darling. You know Mother bores you to extinction and vice versa. I'll be back Sunday night. All right, Alice. Goodbye. Nice trip. Be a good boy while I'm gone. Be good. <laughs> be good and let who will be clever. <laughs> let who will be clever. I wondered then what you meant by that. But I learned. When Sunday came, I persuaded Stella to spend it with me. We drove out into the country. She was so beautiful that day. She was so happy. Happier than I'd ever seen her. It was almost as if she were determined to forget everything except that we who loved each other so were together. Then in early evening, just at dinner time, we arrived at a little hotel not far from town. We left the car and went inside. And as we started into the dining room, suddenly she stopped. Tim, wait. We can't go in there. Why not, Stella? You mean you're afraid of being recognized? There's no one in here we know. There couldn't be. There is. Who? Your wife, Tim. She's there, and with another man. Alice, in there? Tim, take me home. Please, please take me home. Yes, Alice, you were there. Sitting at a table with an old sweetheart of yours. Your back was turned, you didn't see me. You were laughing. Even though you hadn't seen me, I felt that you were laughing because once more you were one step ahead of me. Stella and I went back to town immediately and whatever link there'd been between us was broken. 
I begged her at least to go on seeing me, but it was useless. No, Tim, it can't be. We were crazy to think it could. What we were drifting into, well, we're not that kind of people, you and I. That moment at the hotel made me realize it. I felt unworthy of myself and of you. Stella, it's you I love. My marriage with Alice is... Oh, please, Tim. Let this be goodbye. It has to be. And, well, to make it easier for both of us, I'm going away. Back home. Thank you for loving me, Tim. Stella, listen to me. No. Goodbye, Tim, darling. Goodbye. And it was. It was goodbye. And so, Alice, you'd taken that, too, away from me. Here's Main Street. Candy store. Buy a box of candy for your true love. (laughs) Main Street. Five minutes now. Five minutes, I'll be home. Just walk faster. Faster. You never knew, Alice. You never knew that I'd seen you there in the hotel when you should have been in Baltimore. I didn't want to admit you'd beaten me again, but... Finally, one night on my way home, I decided that our life together was impossible. I decided at last that I'd tell you with no stammering around, no indecision, exactly what I thought of you. Yes, Alice, for once, I was not going to wait for you to steal a march on me. And when I got home that night... Come in. Hello, Alice. Oh, it's you. Yes, it is. I have something to tell you, Alice. Have you? Yes. It's this. Alice, for years now, we've tried to keep our marriage going, but I've made up my mind that there's no... Pardon me, madame. The trunk is closed and locked. Tell the boy to take it downstairs, Jean. Yes, madame. Trunk? What are you packing for? I'm leaving you, Tim. Your what? I'm leaving you. I'm going to Reno for a divorce. You're... That's wonderful. You're going to divorce me. Yes. Once again, you'd forestalled me. Three minutes now. Three minutes more and I'll be home. Your home, Alice, since you arranged it with a court so that it was no longer mine. It's a divorce. The divorce was quick, efficient. You saw to that. You saw, too, that all our friends would sympathize with you. Everywhere I went, you'd been there first. With a convincing story. Especially J.B. You must have been particularly eloquent with J.B. Why should I complain when the job you took away was the job you got for me in the beginning? The job you got for me, whether or not it was the job I really wanted. But you knew, Alice. You knew what my life should be. You always knew. Alice, my good angel, my ever-present help in time of trouble. Alice, sweet Alice. Block away. Oh, now it's a block away. A minute more and I'll be laughing. I'll do that. Only to cross the street. Watch out! Hey, you, you're crazy crossing the streets against the lights? You want to get killed? You see, Alice? You're on my mind so much, you've got me disputing the right of way with trucks. A man can't argue with a truck any more than he can argue with death. Death. I'm not going to die. No. Someone else's. Do you know who that is, Alice? You. Yes, Alice. Today, this crisp and lovely autumn day, I'm going to kill you. There's a gun in my pocket. A gun. And in that gun is a bullet intended for you. You've deliberately destroyed my life from the beginning, and now I will have at last the bleak satisfaction of destroying yours. Only I'll be kind. 
I'll do it all at once. You don't expect me. It'll be brief and final. I don't care what happens afterwards. But I'll know as my finger presses the trigger that this one time I have outplayed you. I've at last been one step ahead. Mr. Wheeler. Jean, I must see Mrs. Wheeler. Where is she? She is upstairs. I will take you to her. Never mind taking me, Jean. I know the way. I'll surprise her. But, Mr. Wheeler... It's all right, Jean. You don't understand. Mrs. Wheeler and I must have a long talk together. A long talk. But you cannot talk with madame. You cannot... I must. I shall. The most important talk of my life and of hers. Stand aside, Jean. For once, she's not heading me off. But I thought they told you. Just an hour ago, Mr. Wheeler. Her heart. Her heart? She's dead. She's dead. Ladies and gentlemen, in just a moment, our star for tonight, Orson Welles, will be back for a word with you. And while we're waiting for him to catch his breath, we'd like to pass along to you this friendly reminder. All right, Henry Charles. As you all know, ladies and gentlemen, there are times when you simply have to compromise between your pocketbook and your heart, when you must choose second best whether you like it or not. But the one time you don't have to compromise is when your heart says sterling silver. Because today you can buy genuine solid silver of impressive craftsmanship, silver as rich and exquisitely wrought as international sterling, right out of income on easy month-to-month terms. Beginning sets for four in some international sterling patterns start as low as $68. And a complete service for six persons can often be purchased for only $100. But why not visit your favorite silverware dealer for the complete details? He'll be glad to show you the many beautiful patterns including rich, regal, royal Danish, glad to help you plan for an adequate, lovely service. And you, on your side, will see at once what elegance and background international sterling can lend to your table. And you'll choose this silver, whose craft traditions are a century old. International Sterling Silver. Here, once again, is today's star, Orson Welles. Thank you very much, Conrad. I don't have to tell you that I really enjoyed working with you in the Silver Theater. I want to thank the whole cast, especially Loreen Tuttle, for such a grand performance as Mrs. Wheeler. Well, Orson... I know you have a lot of things to do today, but I'd just like you to take a moment and tell our audience what you were doing in New York. Well, as is the case with anyone who goes to New York, I've been doing a lot of things. Principally, however, I managed to get my new stage show, Native Son, into production. I see in Ed Sullivan's column that it looks like a smash hit. Well, that's great news for Manhattan theater goers, but what's the good news for the rest of America's theater patrons? How about Citizen Kane? As the star, the writer, the director, and producer, I imagine you're in a position to know something about it. Well, Conrad, I think I can assure you that Citizen Kane will be released within the next three or four weeks. Good. 
Now with a final bow in your direction, sir, and another in the direction of your splendid product, International Sterling, I bid you goodbye. Goodbye, Orson, and don't forget, if you can find time, you've got a date with us for next season. Ladies and gentlemen, next Sunday, Silver Theater will star Kay Kaiser and Ginny Sims in a rollicking comedy about the trials and tribulations of a couple who embark on one of the world's dizziest honeymoons, Niagara to Reno. Be sure to be with us. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, when you buy solid silver, be sure to look for the name of the world's foremost silver house, International. International Sterling Silver. John Letitia's original play, One Step Ahead, was adapted for Silver Theater in collaboration with True Boardman. Music on today's program was arranged and conducted by Felix Mills. Henry Charles speaking for International Sterling. Well, good friends, this is Conrad Nagel bidding you all good evening and thank you. See you next Sunday with Kay Kaiser and Ginny Sims. All names and designations of persons and organizations used in the dramatic portions of this broadcast are fictional. Silver Theater originates at Columbia Square in Hollywood. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. That's the show for this week. I'll be back next week with another one. Between now and then, you can find more Orson Welles at RelicRadio.com. Alongside all the other podcasts, links to our Shoutcast stream with even more old-time radio, and our donate button if you'd like to help support this and all shows. Thanks, as always, to those who have donated. Thanks for joining me today. Talk to you again soon with another episode of Orson Welles on the Air. Orson Welles on the Air is produced by and for RelicRadio.com. The broadcast of this show without permission is strictly prohibited.